Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. Uh, high five three or four people as you make your way to your seat and say, what's up? Tell them to hold on. Hey, at this point, if you're a middle school student, I'm going to release you to go to your class. I don't want to, I know some of you guys start sweating when I start preaching already, and, uh, but you guys can go to make your way to the breezeway. <clears throat> yeah, today we are in part three of a series uh, we started just a few weeks ago called What's Next? And over the past couple weeks, we've talked about a couple things. Week one, we uh, talked about the importance of knowing God and how we continue to learn and know him, uh, specifically through the word. Last week, we talked about the importance of, uh, of finding freedom and talked about one of the ways that we can do that is through the confession about what, finding out what is true in our own lives, but also the freedom of knowing that we're not meant to do this, this adventure alone. We're all called to community to do this life together. Uh, I don't know if you guys know this. I think we talked about in announcements. We uh, launched our uh, small groups this past week. If you're not involved in a small group yet, I want to challenge you to get plugged into one. It's an incredible way for you to continue to grow, but also to help others grow around you. Uh, we've got groups that meet all throughout the week, uh, different age groups, different, uh, some of them are interest-based. I think we've got a golf life group that meets uh, every Tuesday or Wednesday and play nine holes together, they have a good time. They're challenging each other uh, to grow. Uh, if you want more information about that, you can do it on the Church Center app. Um, and then this week specifically, we're going to take the next part and talk about how we discover our purpose. I think purpose is important in life. Purpose is one of those things that, man, without purpose, I think that we, we fail. We start just being kind of battered by the wind, almost like a, almost like a sailboat without, without a sail, just drifting through life. Many of you probably remember a time in your lives, for some of us it was a long, long, long time ago, uh, in which maybe you were about ready to go to college or going through college and you're just kind of like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. I don't know, don't know where I'm supposed to go. You're just kind of kind of floating through life. But at some point, you discovered purpose and maybe the job that you have. For some of us, we, we found a purpose through uh, our children. We see our kids uh, grow up and we realize, hey, we, we're, we're in this common mission where we've got to help raise these kids. Some of us, our purpose is wrapped up in our job. I think that spiritually, God has a greater purpose for us than just those things. I think when it comes to uh, building wealth and, and trying to work a job, man, I, th I think that there's plenty of people out in this world that, that have got plenty of money and are still miserable because they're not living out their purpose. I think when it comes to our families, uh, man, we've got, uh, um, God's blessed me with a fantastic family. I love my kids. But if my only purpose in life is to raise them, what's going to happen is here in the next 10 years or so, as they age up and as they go to college and beyond, as they get married, I'm going to find myself without a purpose. God's given me this purpose for this time. This is part of, of the greater scheme of purpose that he has for me. But there's more than just being a parent when it comes to my purpose. And so uh, 
I want to challenge us to kind of hold on to this way of thinking as we go through this, this next part of this series, as we discover purpose specifically through our own spiritual growth. Um, you know, I joke with my family, I, uh, uh, my kids especially, man, it's, it's one of those things where we're getting to a point in life where it just happens so quickly. Like them growing up, you know, I, uh, every now and then some little pop up on my phone and it's like Olivia when she was two, when she's just learning to talk. And it's like the sweetest thing in the whole world. Now she's like trying to walk out of the house with like lip gloss on. And I'm like, what, what are we doing? What, what happened to sweet little Olivia when she was two? You know, Ben, he's continuing to grow and grow and grow. And like, man, trying to, you almost, you got to have some type of investment bank account thing to even put that kid in shoes because you buy shoes and like two weeks later, you're buying more shoes. It's just this, there's a pyramid scheme somewhere I'm not, I'm not a part of. I always joke with him that, like, if there was a button to push, like, I, I'd push it to kind of pause and stop the growth from happening. I, I want to see, I, I love this time when they're sweet. It's just a reminder that it's but a vapor this time that I have with them. But as they grow and as they mature, there's the father in me finds so much pride in watching these kids grow up as they figure out things, as they understand life, as they, as they get better at, at sports, as they, they get smarter in, in school, there's, there's this part of me that I'm, I'm it's not a sinful pride, but it's a, it's a fatherly pride of I enjoy their growth happening. Some of you guys that are already grandparents, you, you're experiencing the same thing with your grandkids. It's funny how, like, man, get, becoming a grandparent, that, that changes you guys really quick. I'm going to tell you, I watch my dad with my kids. I'm like, what happened like, yell at the kid he's not holding the flashlight right or something, right? He's not even taking the trash out yet. What's going on? Rake the yard. Clean up the garage. What, are you living here for free, you, you slacker six-year-old? But something that changes you guys, watching, watching your grandkids grow up. I think the same thing is true when it comes to our relationship with God. God, the perfect father that he is, wants to see us, his children, grow. Growth is important, if there was ever a time in our lives in which we stopped growing physically, if there was ever a time I saw Ben stop growing, I'd be concerned because it would be a sign of, of something unhealthy happening. Because in life, we believe that healthy things, healthy things grow. You maybe have heard this before because growth is one of the core values that we built Coastline on. When Eric and I started church uh, about seven years ago, we got to the point where we said, man, there's three pillars we want to build our church on. Connect, right? We should, it's important for us to connect with God and connect with one another. Grow is the second part. It's, we think it's important for us all to spiritually grow. Growth is a natural thing of what happens when things are healthy. Spiritually, we should all be challenging ourselves to grow. And the last thing was go to to take what we've learned, to take the knowledge we're getting, to, to take the challenging we're receiving and put it into action. To not just live with it, but to actually put our faith into action. Growth is important. You know, it's funny when you uh, look at uh, the life of Jesus, specifically in the Gospels, the, the first just few books of the New Testament, it talks about Jesus when he's born, but then from the time of him being about two or three till about 30, like, we don't hear anything. There's one verse that comes out in the book of Luke, chapter 2, verse 52. 
And it says this, this is after Jesus had been born. This is after, at some point, his, his parents lose him for a couple days on a trip. Which, real quick, by the way, if you're struggling with parenting, I want to let you know that, like, sometimes you just read the Bible and you get so encouraged. You're like, you know what? Like, I've done some bad things as a parent. I've fed my kids Cheetos for breakfast at one point. I shouldn't do that. I know. But I never lost my kid for three days. I never lost the son of God on a trip, right? Maybe in an aisle in Walmart for a couple minutes, but three days. Come on, Mary, get it together. But the one thing we see about Jesus when it comes to growth is this. From, from age two or three to about 30, we don't hear anything except for this. In Luke chapter 2, verse 52, it says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and the people. That one verse covers 20 to 30 years of Jesus' life that during this time, he grew. See, there was a point in which, which God had a purpose for Jesus. There was a, a time of ministry that he was going to step into. But before he did, before he could get to that purpose that God had called him to, he had to do some growing. I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel even in my own life that there's times in which I feel like, man, I'm going through this valley of life, I'm going through a tough time, and I don't understand it yet. It's just tough. Life is not fun. But I have to remember, and God's got a purpose for this later on. There, there's something that he's having me go through this because there's some tools I need, there's some lessons I need to learn now for what's coming up next to live out the purpose that God's given me. The same thing is true for you. And so we see Jesus grew in wisdom, knowledge. He had to, he had to learn some things. Some of us, what we're going through right now, it's because God needs us to learn. We need to, he needs us to understand something before we can get to the next step. So he grew in stature, right? At some point, it was whether that was his, his status among his community. At some point, the people respected him. Or even, even in his own physical appearance, there were things that changed over those years. He wasn't the same person that he was back then. He, he matured. He grew. And then this is the key part at the end. It says, and in favor with God and all the people. See, the, the, the way that the Son of God grows in favor with God is because the relationship develops. It changes. It grows. The same thing that we're called to do with our relationship with God. You know, um, the, the unfortunate um, part about marriage right now in, uh, in the world, uh, unfortunate statistic is that uh, divorce is something that continues to grow. It's something that our, our culture says, hey, this is okay, this is, this is just kind of a part of life, it's no big deal. And if, if you're part of, if that's, ha if that's happened to you or that's a, a decision you made at some point, man, please don't feel any conviction, that's not what I'm trying to say. But I know that, that sometimes that result comes from a marriage, comes from two people whose relationship does not grow. Relationship does not develop. I know specifically there's, there's this tough time in, in people's lives. I've only, I've only experienced this from, from praying with people and helping people go through this, this struggle that they have in life of, of, of as they've been married for around 15 to 20 years. As, 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 as they get into that, that late 20s time, as, as their kids go off to college, as they, as they go off and start their own jobs and start their own life, it's, it's this difficult time in which these, 
some couples find it as a time of this is when we separate. This is when we, we, we get on to a different, we go on different paths. And nine times out of ten, if you talk to those people, if you talk to those couples afterwards and try to figure out, like, what happened, you realize that they, they galvanize themselves around the common purpose of their children, and the relationship did not grow past that. It did not develop. And once they lived out that part of their mission, they realized they had become two different people. They had not grown together. Growing in relationship is important. I want to challenge you if you're married here today in this room, uh, or if you're thinking about marriage, uh, at some point, man, I want to challenge you to remember that, that you're called to grow with that person, that that relationship should develop. Don't, you can't be the same guy that you were 15, 20 years ago. You can't be the same girl that you were 15, 20 years ago. The relationship's got to develop. Same thing when it comes to you and your relationship with God. God wants to see you grow in a relationship with him. The conversations I have with my kids now are, how was your day? Tell me about school. Tell me about your friend. Ben came home, he came home the other day. He said, I've got a girlfriend. I'm like, yeah? Tell me about that. Let's talk. This is her name. He gave me her name. I was like, what's her middle name? He said, I don't know. I was like, I don't think you got a girlfriend, bud. If you don't know your girlfriend's middle name, you don't have a girlfriend. We'll talk about that later. When it comes to relationships, they should, they should continue to grow. I want my kids to talk to me, but what we're going to talk about now compared to what we're going to talk about in five to ten years, it's going to deepen. Our relationship with one another is going to continue to grow. That's what God wants for us to have in a relationship with him. He wants to see us not only just grow in that relationship, but, but put the things that we learn from him as we grow, he wants to see us put them into action. Matthew chapter 7, verse 24 to 27 says this. It says, anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come in torrents and, and the floodwaters rise and the wind beats against the house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the, when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty, mighty crash. I think when it comes to us growing, there's a process that we've got to go through. There's steps that we need to take. And as we do that, as we put what God teaches, what Jesus tells us to do, as we look into the word and as he teaches us and as we grow in this relationship, as we build our faith on him, I believe it will withstand the test of time. I believe the purpose that God has given us to be in relationship with him is to grow. And so how do we do this? How do we, uh, how do we, how do we grow? What are the steps that we, we need to take? How do you get from, from one place to another? Um, you know, I'm, uh, I, I enjoy listening to people, and, and when it comes to uh, health journeys and stuff like that, and even, even when we're in the middle of January, everyone like jumps on a diet and stuff. Um, when it comes to advice I want uh, for my own health journey, I want it from someone who's been there, who's done that. I, I don't want to necessarily listen to the person that just ripped out of their mind and they were always skinny and whatever, but the like guys that I see like on YouTube, like Ethan Suplee, you guys know who Ethan Suplee is? He was, in this, um, he was in this football movie called Facing the Giants. Guy was, uh, I mean, he was like 550 pounds or whatever. Now you look at him, he's like 
absolutely just ripped out of his mind. He's got a six-pack. I got a, you know, like a two-liter. It's, you know, maybe, maybe two two-liters. But, like, I listen to that guy. I'm like, dude, I could, I, I could do that. You've been there. You know, you know the steps that it took along the way. When it comes to your growth journey, when it comes to what God's trying to call you to, it's, it's not necessarily about you just getting to hear. What you need to worry about now is how do I get to take this step today? You don't need to think about, man, I'm, I'm, I'm on this. God's trying to get me. i, I got to figure out the strategy. Some of you, it's just about what the decision you're going to make today in your growth journey spiritually. I think God will give us opportunity along the way each and every day. I'm in the midst of um, going through the Bible uh, in, a, in a year. I'm on uh, the Bible app. There's a 365-day uh, a um, chronological order of reading or listening through the Bible. It's pretty sweet. If you haven't checked it out, you're more than welcome to. It's a, it really is a, a good thing to start. And uh, I finished through the book of Genesis this past week. And in the book of Genesis, there's a story of about uh, a boy named Joseph, a boy that grows into a man. Joseph uh, was the youngest son of his father, Jesse. Jesse had a bunch of sons before Joseph uh, with another wife, but the wife that he, he really loved was, was Joseph's mother. And Joseph, uh, after, after uh, having you know, a bunch of half-brothers come before him, uh, his mom gives birth to him, and he immediately became the favorite of his, of his father, Jesse. Now, in the story, the brothers, the half-brothers of Joseph understand that, that he is the one that is favored. And much like an older brother would, they didn't really care for that so much. So they had the great idea to take Joseph and to, to throw him into a pit and ultimately sell him into slavery and tell Jesse that Joseph had died. Now, Joseph goes and He's sold to a man named Potiphar. Potiphar puts him in charge of a couple things, and as he, as he gets the grasp and understands the job, he, Potiphar gives him a little bit more and then a little bit more, and he grows into this position to the point where Potiphar says, I'm not gonna, you're going to manage my entire house. The only thing I'm going to worry about is what I'm eating today. And the Bible says that as Potiphar did this, whatever Joseph touched was blessed Joseph had to grow into the position. Unfortunately, through some circumstances, as Potiphar's wife uh, desired Joseph, she lied about Joseph and said Joseph had attacked her because of culture that day. Even, even if Potiphar didn't believe him, Potiphar threw Joseph into prison. And for years, Joseph spent time in the prison. But during that time, the manager of the prison started to see the little responsibilities he gave Joseph would worked out in a good way. He could tell that he, was, he had blessings of God upon him, and so as he gave him more and more, as he managed more and more of the prisoner's guards, at some point it put him in a position where he was connected to people in the prison that had been close to Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. And as God had given Joseph the ability to interpret dreams as he as he connected with these guys that had been close to Pharaoh, God opened up a door for him to step in and speak to Pharaoh. Pharaoh came to Joseph and said, hey, you know, I've been given this dream. And as Joseph interpreted it, he told him, he said, man, there's going to be seven years of great harvest, of plenty. 
And it's going to follow shortly after by seven years of famine. And as, he, as, as Pharaoh's trying to figure out, like, well, who are we going to get to help us through this tough time? He saw a man in front of him that had learned along the way, had grown in his responsibilities of managing a house before him, of managing a, a prison. And these areas of growth in which he had gone through prepared him for the step he was going to go into in which God opened the door for him to manage all of Egypt. He got not only Egypt through a tough time of famine, but he also got his family who came back to him asking for help. He was able to save them because of the things that he learned along the way in his growth journey. Now, it's easy to look at that story and understand the tough times that, that Joseph had to go through, the struggles that he had of being in prison, of being falsely accused. And, and it would be easy for us to just pinpoint that and, and, and focus on the hurt and the pain and the wrongdoings. But understanding that as Joseph went through these tough times, it prepared him and helped him grow to become the man he needed to be to live out the purpose that God had called him to. And I think the same thing is happening in many of us here today. Don't get so distracted and stuck on the past pain and the hurt and the struggle that you're in right now that you miss out the purpose that God's calling you to. That you miss out on, on your ability to, to, to affect those around you in a positive way. To do something bigger than what you could have done by yourself if you had not gone through what you went through. I've told many of you, I um, uh, you know, one of the jobs I have here at... Uh, at Coastline, obviously, is I'm the lead pastor, uh, but I'm also bivocational, and um, I manage a, a condo on the beach side, um, which uh, is not very, I mean, it's not a glorious job at all. You know, it's, it's a lot of cleaning up and a lot of kick, kicking kids out of the pool and stuff like that, stuff you didn't, no one wants to do, um, which actually worked out pretty funny because I now I just tell the kids, I said, man, that the property manager here is just a real dirt bag, and he'll yell at you. And so I'm, I'm just trying to help you out, you know. People are parking, and they're going to the beach. I'm like, man, the property manager here, he's real mean. He'll tow you. You don't want to park here. And they're like, oh, thank you so much. I'm like, you're welcome. This past year of my life as a property manager has been, uh, no other way to put it than hell. It has been a very tough tw 12 months or longer for me and my wife. We've gone through three major construction programs, replacing a roof, doing a small concrete restoration, repainting the building, uh, got hammered by the New Smyrna Beach fire, um, whatever that guy is, which if you're here, I love you, you're the best ever, please don't come to my property anymore. What do you call that person? Inspector and Marshall, both those guys, they're great. And then recently, this past six months, seven, going on seven months now, it was supposed to be five months, but we're going on seven months, there's been an intense concrete restoration program in which I've heard jackhammering for about eight to ten hours every day. It's been really tough in the Nichols family to find a place of peace that's constantly been rocked by frustration and, and, and no silence. And hearing all, every owner express the same thing to me. It's been a tough life to live. Now I could focus on it and say like, man, just woe is me. Life is tough. But I understand that in the midst of this, in the midst of me having to go and find three or four bids for each one of these projects, 
in the midst of me dealing with the, the setbacks and the schedules and, and trying to, to get people to show up for the job, in the midst of me trying to manage people's expectations, understand that what God's doing and preparing me for what's to come. You know, you know, when you, you go to seminary, they, when you go to Bible college, they don't, they don't teach you, like, this is the steps that you take when you, it comes time to, to build a church building. They don't say, hey, this is, what, this is what it looks like when you've got to go and farm out and find insurance for your property. This is what you do and how you manage big projects. This is how you take care of, of a multi-million dollar facility. It's not an education I would have received if it wasn't for the tough time I'm going through right now. I don't know when the day's going to come. God knows that time. But I do know that if I show up today and understand that through today, this one step I have, I'm going to grow in spite of the difficulty I'm going through. God's going to prepare me for the future and beyond. And the same thing, I believe, is true in your life. God wants to get you to take your next step and live out your purpose by growing beyond what you're comfortable with right now. I don't want to go too long this morning, but uh, I do want to recognize a, a guy that's a part of our core team. His name's Terry Pugh. Terry is, uh, I don't even know if Terry might already be in the back trying to do Terry. No, there he is. I saw him through the glare of my dirty, my dirty glasses. Um, Terry is leading the What's Next Steps program. It's 9 o'clock in the morning on Sundays. We do it right over here in the drama room. We've had like 18, 20 people come each and every week. Uh, but Terry came to me six months ago. And uh, he's like, man, I just feel like this tug on my heart. I don't know what to do with it. Terry's not led a class like this before. He's never developed a curriculum or anything like that. But for the past you know, few months, we've struggled through and, and gone back and forth and written stuff down. And past two Sundays, he steps out of what he's comfortable with and gets up and talks to people about their next steps in faith. Steps out of his comfort zone and both steps, both weeks, I've been completely blessed. God's doing something great through him as he grows beyond what he's comfortable with. I think the same thing will happen for you. Today, I want to challenge you to grow and take your next steps. Maybe that is uh, by going beyond just attending church every so often. Maybe it's something that you show up each and every week. Maybe it's, it's growing beyond just... Uh, reading the Bible sporadically. Maybe it's something you read the Bible regularly. Maybe you take your next step in faith and grow through by serving the church. You know, here at Coastline, we give lots of opportunity for people to serve. It's not because we want something from anybody, but we understand that in that process of serving gives you opportunity to continue to grow and love back on God. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 10 says this. It says, For God is the one who provides seed to the farmer, and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. In this, in this illustration, saying God will give us the tools. He will give us the things that we need. But you're the one that's got to step out and decide to grow. The half-brother of Jesus, his name was James, says this in James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4. It says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. 
For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. He's saying here, he said, when you're going through a tough time, understand your perspective is, this is just an opportunity for growth. Consider it what it is, an opportunity. Grab it by the horns and grow through what God is putting you through. Romans chapter 5, verse 3 to 5 says this. It says, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they help us develop endurance, and endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confident hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment, for we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with his love. Here specifically, he's talking about these developments, these, these, these times of, of troubles and problems and trials that cause growth in you. So today, for whatever you're going through, don't just try to get through it. Don't, don't go through it. This is a terrible dad joke. I apologize now. Don't go through it. Grow through it. That's, that's the thing to remember. Don't, don't just go through it. Grow through it. Take your next step in your relationship with Jesus. Take your next step, step in your faith. And it's not, about, it's not about you coming to preach on this stage. Today, the decision you have is, what's the step for today? If you want to be a part of the reading through the Bible in a year, it's not about, man, how do I get through a whole year? You just wake up and you say, I'm, I'm going to do my part today. Just worry about today. Take your step and grow through what you're going through. With every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here today, you'd be going through a tough time and you've been trying to just get through it. And today you want God to give you the charge, the energy, the encouragement to grow through what you're going through as a sign of just saying, God, you know what it is. Help me out in what I'm going through. If you surrender it to him, I believe he'll show up in a big way. So if today you're going through something and you need God's help to grow through it, I just want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. It's between you and him. It's not something where I'm going to ask you to come up here and tell me what it is. But I think there's something with the, in the physical, there's something that happens in the spiritual when we do something in the physical, we say, God, I'm surrendering this to you. So if you're going through something and you need God's help to help you grow through it, I want you to just release it, by, release it to him by raising a hand up and putting it right back down. God, you see all these hands, you know what we're dealing with. God, more than anything else, you know where we're headed to. And so today, in the midst of the trials and the struggles and the problems, I pray that you would help us grow through it, that you would continually prepare us for what is to come. There comes a day in which you're going to use us beyond what we can even imagine, beyond what our capabilities are, beyond what we're comfortable with. But I know that only happens if today we decide to grow in our relationship with you, to put our faith into action. And so today, that is what we choose to do. We surrender these areas to you. Amen. If you're here today, you don't have a relationship with Jesus. 
Maybe you want to start one. Maybe, maybe you're here today and someone dragged you in and, and maybe you've, you've started at some point a relationship with Jesus but needs to be renewed today. I want you to pray this prayer with me. You don't have to say it out loud if you don't want to. Maybe it's something that, that you pray to yourself. Tell someone if you do pray this prayer later on, though. It goes something like this. Jesus, you know all that I am and what I've done and every sin that I've ever committed. Today, I confess it all to you, and I ask for you to forgive me and wash me white as snow. Take away anything that would separate me from you and your plan for my life. I commit my life to you. I declare you as my own Lord and Savior. Show me what's next and let me draw closer to you. Amen. amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.